Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me today is the full cast of Zombie Girls, starting with the person literally sitting to my left because our mixer broke and we're sharing a mic old school style, <laughs> Matilda. Hello. From um, the beautiful Northwest, Ariel. Hi. From the beautiful Southwest, <laughs> sort of, Southwest of us, um, Sarah. Actually, I think I'm Southeast. Are you Southeast? I think that's right. Is that true? For some reason, yeah. I picture, yeah. I guess it is Central, Central Valley. Yeah, mm-hmm. Central Valley, you're right. Yeah. Directions. This is the this is the Directions podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Directions podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Mapping California. I'm your host, Rachel. <laughs> and this is my soothing, velvety voice. <laughs> is that your and, NPR voice? Yeah, did you like it? I did. Did you feel like you were about to learn something really important? Yeah. I felt, I felt like I was going to be taken on a gentle journey. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, surviving her second round of no confidence vote is Jody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our very own Teresa May. Oh <laughs> Although I did see Jeremy Corbyn was the one that like stood up and was like, this government no longer works. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Because he's the British Bernie, right? So we like him. Right, we do. <laughs> How are all you guys doing? Did you survive your New Year's? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I good, pulled good, good. one last sh- one last shift at my old job and said goodbye and was done. Did you have any sort of like um grand exit or did you just kind of like throw the peace sign and walk out the door? I just kind of threw the peace sign and walked out the door. Okay. I I thought about you know uh, taping down the mic and playing take this job and shove it on, on, uh, <laughs> on my dispatch computer, but you know if, if this government thing doesn't work out, I may need to uh, go back there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. It, all right, y'all. So New Year's, we all survived. We um, survived. You and I went out to dinner, and we because we were trying to get back in the house before to escape the drunks. But you had a drunk stumble into your car, yes, in the middle oh. of the street with it like working on a scratcher. Yes, <laughs> oh, like we were at a stoplight, and he was like not even near the crosswalk, just like walking across the street, not looking, and just like went into the side of the car <laughs> oh, <laughs> with his fucking scratcher. And then it was just like like bumbled around, and he was just like. <laughs> I fucking hate this. <laughs> I hate this holiday. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Amateur night started early this year. Yeah. <laughs> In downtown San Leandro. Uh, so with New Year's, we also have New Year's resolutions. And so I was wondering, since this is also our shamehole podcast, I haven't talked about it, but yet this this year we decided to kick off the year by filling in some of the our shameholes, which are the movies that like we know we should have seen, but for whatever reason we just haven't gotten around to it. Like it's New Year's, new you, like let's do this. So we all picked out movies that we had not seen, and then we let the listeners vote on which ones we need to see. And so we're going to be going through these one by one. But also, like, you know, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution. So I was wondering if you guys have New Year's resolutions this year. Matilda, do you have one? Hmm. I don't tend to do New Year's resolutions, but uh, my one New Year treat to myself was I finally got a Shutter account. So Ooh, look I'll, get to, I'll get to catch up on some things. And they were like running a New Year's special, I think. So Amazing. Yeah. What a so great vibe. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, I like to watch, because um, then I can watch it on my devices when I... When I'm in bed, going to bed, uh-huh. which is nice. Just a little, like, just on my tablet. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to let us know what, like, kind of gems you come across. Ariel, do you have any New Year's resolutions? 
Uh, not really. I don't tend to make New Year's resolutions either. Um, I guess the only thing I can say is I'm trying to be better about like making time to take care of myself and like do oh, stuff on my own. <laughs> Because I, I think I've been blowing that big time. So we'll see how it goes. I'm <laughs> well, so excited for you. That yeah. is the like literally the best resolution for you I could think of. <laughs> yeah. Because you are yeah. such a like take care of everyone around you and you don't take care of yourself the way that you should. Yeah. You, you got to love on yourself a little more. I know. I so hope you get we'll in 2000. Yes, please. Yeah. I hope this year, Ariel, you get to do a lot of like take yourself to the movies in the middle of the day. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, there's some big event movies this year. So we'll have to do like we did with um, Halloween where Ooh, we like yeah. try to coordinate. And that, yeah. That'll help you get out there and do it. Um, Jody, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Not really, but I try and do the non-drinking in January thing, like the dry oh. January. Yeah. And that's going okay so far. So it's only three weeks in. And I don't think I really drink enough for it to make a difference to my liver or anything like that but it's you know it's, it's calories I like I disagree <laughs> yeah but it's, it's calories I don't need and it's money that I don't need to spend so yeah it's a little psychological exercise in discipline I suppose. all right Sarah what's your new year's resolution um well for me the new year doesn't start until after my birthday so it doesn't start until February okay mm-hmm. so there's there's that and then uh secondly my big thing was to find another job which i already did yeah and other, other than that it's just to try you hear that folks the first successful new year's resolution of all time <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on the zombie girl <laughs> and other than that like i mean the wife the wife and i have been together for 14 years married for five Woo! and Woo! most of that i have worked nights and she's worked various other schedules so it's kind of like trying to learn how to live with a spouse instead of a roommate that New takes care of all your shit. Divorce. <laughs> Aww. Just kidding. That would be heartbroken. I love you and Kat together. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just kind of trying to, to, you know, learn to work around each other now that like we are on the same schedule and. Yeah. Mm. I especially think about that because I know she's not as much into watching the kind of horror that you like to watch. Right. Right. And probably when you were on different schedules, there was like an organic time that she was out of the house. Yeah. But like now... there was like the baking off, the bake off hours and the horror movie. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bake off well, you know, I mean, she, guy. she sat down with me and, and watched, watched the shame holes yesterday. And, oh, nice. And pretty much made fun of me the entire time because <laughs> yeah, we, we both had, we both had words about Suspiria. <laughs> All right. All right. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, my New Year's resolution. Last year, my resolution was I was going to make all my own clothes and not buy any. Yeah, I failed at that one. <laughs> so this year, I decided to be a little more realistic. And instead, I've decided I've gotten into this habit of all I do is watch the news and watch. Like, I, I watch things. I've stopped or listen to podcasts. Like, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not good about diversifying. So I was like, okay, I need to get back to reading. I used to be a really good reader. And by reading, I mean listening to audiobooks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> One step at a time. Maybe yeah. next year it'll be back on, like, you know, analog books. But um, I never know. Part of my problem is I never know what to to read. Like, I just get stuck. So I have I have given my fate over to the hands of Matilda. <laughs> I didn't realize it was just me. Yeah, it's just you. You get to pick a book for me once a month, all year long. And so the first one you picked was... Was Oryx and Crake, was Margaret Atwood. Let me tell you what happened. 
So I went on, <laughs> on, 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 on Audible. doing so far. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Oryx and Crake. And it's like book two of the whatever trilogy. And I was like, all right, well, what's book one? So it's like book one, Matt Adams. So I down, I, I, yeah. So I, <laughs> I bought it. I'm I started frowning. listening to it. And I was like, what the fuck is this book about? <laughs> this book doesn't make any fucking sense. But I was just like, maybe I'll get there. And so I listened, I kept listening and listening. And I'm like, I do not understand this book. And so I was like, let me just look up what this book is about. Audible is incorrect. It is the third book in the series. Oh, no. that's, that's deep in. Yes. So Oryx and Crake and then uh, the Year flood, of the Flood like, and then Matt Adam. Right? Yes. So yeah. uh, do not listen to Audible. It is lying to you. The first book is Oryx and Crake. So I'm going to get that next. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it has not started off well, but I figure I like I get one mulligan. Right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. But it said it was the first book. It's That's so, so annoying. strange. Yeah, because I it looked at it said the like Matt Adam three. trilogy. Yeah. But even that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no, it says specifically book, it says like book two on Oryx and Crake. And I was like, all right, well, then I clicked on the trilogy and it said book one, Mad Adam. And I was like, oh, it's the Mad Adam trilogy. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the first book and it does not make any sense. Get ready for the grim. Get ready for the grim. Okay. I mean, it was already super weird. Like the, like the weird fish people with yeah, their giant it's a purple like dicks. A... Like I was like, what, what? is that? Oh yeah. It's like a near future dystopian like biohacking okay about, like, crossbreeding well yeah it said like stuff. all the men looked like they were out of a comic book except for they had like throbbing purple dicks flopping around yep. i was like yep this is what happens when you let matilda figure reading i'm gonna stick with it but i'm glad i looked because i was just like i don't even understand where this book is going and like it is so context free that i i yeah i was yeah you gotta go back lost. to the first one because there's stuff about like these kind of fancy lounges where these women with scales kind of hang out with you Whoa. and dance. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have a little lot of time left in January. Oh, so yeah. I can make it. I can make it. Um, okay, so, cool. So it sounds like we have some exciting stuff going on this year. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we've been watching. Ariel, can we go alphabetically, or do you need, sure. to, do you need to get back in your time machine and return <laughs> to 2019? The show is still going. It's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ariel, break it. Let us know. Like, what have we been missing? Like, what unseen gym has <laughs> all right (laughs) i've been watching the blacklist (laughs) i have watched all five seasons in just a couple of months nice (laughs) which probably isn't a good thing but okay so the reason this is a good show is because of james spader well yeah i mean i love him but he is so entertaining to watch on that excuse me he's so entertaining to watch on that show he's so good And, I mean, it's a ridiculous premise. The whole show is ridiculous. But you get to see, like, you know, serial killers and art heists and, like, fun stuff like that. The supporting cast is, like, really good, especially after the first season. It's super entertaining, I'm telling you. It's like, if somebody made a show just for him, this would be it. Because he's the star and he does such a good job in it, even when the episodes aren't focused around him. Nice. Anyways. (laughs) I'm just teasing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, and then the other thing that I watched, um, 
was I kept seeing all those bird box memes like all over the fucking internet. <laughs> oh, so. well, like, I saw Sandra Bullock like say like stop sending these to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat down and watched it the other night, and um, I don't know how I feel about it exactly. Like I really liked so much of it, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a little bit more horror, and it's really more of like a character study, and very mm-hmm. like slowly paced, but. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It was really good. What did you guys think? Because I see it on a couple of you guys' lists. Haven't seen no? it. I, I liked it personally. Yeah. Um, like you, like I, I, here's the thing is like I had had the book recommended to me and I tried to read it a couple times and like could not get into it. Uh huh. And then, so when the movie was coming out, it was kind of on my radar. I was like, finally, maybe I'll be able to finish this. So, it, uh, but then when it came out, for some reason, I didn't just like immediately watch it. But the memes, the memes, I was like, I have to hurry up and watch this before all the fucking memes yes, ruin this yes, movie. Exactly. <laughs> and it felt like kind of a weird cultural moment. Like, it's so rare that like everybody's kind of watching the same thing or doing yeah. the same thing at the same Within time. Within a couple days. Yeah. It was fast yeah. for like a home streaming thing. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much content these days that we don't get those shared moments as much anymore. Right. And this one felt like it kind of like, like, I feel like there are definitely things that pop up on there that like the horror community will watch or like this particular, you know what I mean? Like, it, but this one felt like a, everybody was watching. Like, yeah. And I think it was because it had Sandra Bullock in it and she has so much like crossover mainstream appeal that people were like, mm-hmm. like that drew in a larger audience than like the ritual you know what i mean like yeah it, it just yeah. so it kind of crossed all these things and then it was just so meme worthy with the like her and the blindfold and everything so um like you i hopped on and i don't i really i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to yeah the reviews i had read was that it was like middling and i thought that it actually oh i thought did, it was way better than middling agree like i thought it did a really good job of building tension and i yeah. felt like once it kind of like that first scene where the like car accident happens and everything goes fucking crazy is pretty fantastic um and i just felt like it never sort of let up there was like ex- yeah um i love the lovecraft horror type of vibe that it had especially when you see the drawings of the creatures yeah i know you have feelings about the end matilda but I actually really loved this movie. It was just the end that yeah. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that ending. And then I read that it's not, that it had been changed so, so much, that it was less yeah. grim. And we oh. all know. You I love prefer, the grim. I prefer to just stay in the grim. Yeah, yeah. it's very um, much a utopia at the end. So I would have liked the more fucked up version the of The more that. fucked up version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think you're right. Like, the tension in it was great. Everybody did a great job acting. Yeah. I, I mean, Sandra Bullock was pretty amazing in it. Um, I liked like the uh, the scene at the grocery store. I thought it was really cool. John Malkovich just chewing up. Yo, the God, he's so good. <laughs> I love him. I Where love he's like him. locked in the garage, banging on the window, trying to tell them stuff. Was, yeah, he was great. Um, and her like relationship with the pregnant lady was really interesting. Oh, yeah. The dual birth scene was a lot for me. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. I, oh, I really double love the pushy act. face. No, I love thank that you. Actress that plays the other pregnant yeah, lady. She's yeah, she's so great. I need to see Patty Cakes. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it Fatty Cakes? No, it's Patty Cakes. It is Patty Cakes. I would Fatty say my is the band. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> Um, I would say my one other criticism other than just like my expectations were a little off for it and that's you know my own fault maybe but um, was just like 
I mean, horror movies use mental illness like constantly. But in this one, I thought it was going to be maybe an interesting take where, you know, people with mental illness, their brains, their brain chemistry is maybe a little bit different. And that's why they're not affected. But instead, they kind of became the monster, too. You know, yeah. All the, like raving lunatics out there robbing you and trying to kill you um, and turn you too. so. Right. Rather than being people who might be more prepared to exactly. handle. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I thought a reality it was that is very frightening. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting. Like you said, after 9-11, like the patients were all like total calm. Because like the finally yes. the world matched there. I had a colleague that um, went to uh, her first day of work at a place with um, people with a lot of kind of paranoid phenomenon mm-hmm. was 9-11. Uh-huh. Um, 2001. And uh, she said everybody was just like reality confirmed. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like people were pretty calm. They're like, yes, we live here. Welcome That's to That's interesting. It. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Whereas the therapists were all like, oh my God, I can't, you know, yeah. the therapists were the ones having a harder time adjusting. They were just kind of so, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. And I kind of, <laughs> part of, part of my, um, I don't want to spoil this movie, but part of my question about the ending and not knowing how I felt was not just about how utopian it was, but also wondering kind of like about the use of disability mm-hmm. at the end of this movie that I, I had questions. I, I didn't actually have thoughts. I just had questions. <laughs> yeah definitely it's so hard to talk about these things we like when none of us have that particular disability right like how do you feel about the use of this like right is it kind of nice like i always i my instinct is always like anytime you see a disability being used as like in a in a sort of dystopian future being used as not just not just some sort of like hindrance or burden but like actually as a benefit is interesting to me yes but i don't i mean but that is that my i want to say myopic but it feels inappropriate at this moment (laughs) view of that like yeah is it like you know what i mean like i i don't maybe i lack the nuance sure i don't know but i like the movie my my biggest complaint about it was there was not enough sarah paulson that was my complaint too (sighs) when i see sarah paulson in the cast i get excited when she's gone early i'm bummed yeah I wanted a lot more Sarah Paulson than mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so Jody, what have you been watching? Uh, so I watched Aquaman. I also saw that. Yeah. How was it? Uh, I, I didn't Bloody. think it. <laughs> I didn't think it was very good. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be very good, but I thought it would maybe just be some silly fun, and I thought it was just silly. Uh, it, it's hard to be disappointed with a movie like this, though, because it, I don't think I was ever really going to take it seriously. Um, but I was thinking about it in terms of Wonder Woman and how when we were talking about Wonder Woman we said how great it was that even though maybe her costume is uh, uh, quite small it's not re- it's not revealing and it's not like you know loads of up the butt shots of her, you know up her skirt or down her you know, cleavage <laughs> or anything yeah then, for that's the uh, Justice League right yeah. I don't get why yeah I'm not gonna watch that um, but then like me and the girls went to the Aquaman when you know you, you know you know girls gonna go and see Aquaman yeah what we're gonna see Jason Momoa with the shirt off and you know and and you get that in the first scene but then you don't for the rest and i'm thinking yeah but we praised that about the other movie and then we're not praising it about this movie and and it goes i guess it goes back to the discussion we were having before about um i'm trying to remember what show oh it was um summer of 84 when you're talking about uh uh peeping at a girl getting changed or something um and Mm -hmm. whether it's okay if it's a girl peeping on a guy and then and then 
and that that was distracting me and I, I felt like that was a sign that the movie wasn't doing what it was supposed to because I, I was just thinking about that the whole time yeah I think I think uh, I can't remember who it was who said it now that it doesn't have the same legacy when we were talking about the other movie yeah 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 and the same history and it's, it's it's like saying why isn't there a white history month or a straight pride or something right like that. yeah exactly yeah but that distracted me from a movie that was supposed to be fun and then I was thinking this is actually just not I just don't think <laughs> it, it, it was just it was all over the place it was very untidy and it you know DC can make good movies and we've seen that now with Wonder Woman and I don't understand why this this far says that. I don't know how you feel, Rachel. Did you like it? I feel like this is the best, the second best DC. Oh, movie. really? I mean, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't seen anything yeah, else since, that's not like, saying much. Batman Begins. I, yeah. That's <laughs> my <laughs> point. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, like, yeah. I, I haven't seen any of the new Supermans. I didn't see... Um, Garbage. Uh, yeah. I didn't see Suicide Squad or Justice Worst. League or anything. So, oh, yeah. God, that movie's terrible. Yeah. Or as we refer to it in our house, Suicide Su- suicide squat <laughs> <laughs> that's very good very yeah good. no by aquaman is by far the second best of these dc movies like mm. if you if you did not like aquaman let me tell you it's a steep decline after that <laughs> right. yeah. i mean it's too bad because all the underwater stuff looked pretty beautiful in the preview the movie is mm. beautiful is it beautiful yeah i think like particularly they're like a handful of shots that look like they're lifted like right out of a comic book like when they go to i can't remember the name of the like evil fish people town but when they go there and they're like diving down and like they're just surrounded by the evil fish people monsters like it's beautiful it's like james wan has made a very pretty looking film like if I like watching underwater things and that soothes me, is it going to be able to hold my interest, or is the it so action bad it's not packedness like... of it is going to turn you off? Oh, okay, because it is very much an action movie. Like okay. it is like they have sh- tried to smush together like an Indiana Jones and mm. a Game of Thrones and Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, like a Da Vinci Code. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Just, there is yeah. a little National Treasure vibe to mm, portions no. of it where they're like. No. In yeah. the de- and there's like lines like redheads what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah. like that kind of vibe oh, a little bit yeah. but i mean as far as dumb fun goes like it's totally fine. maybe i'll watch it on mute i would if you're gonna watch <laughs> dumb I, yeah, you could I, that might be pretty. a better experience for you if it's pretty i will say i guess album. like i like all the seaside yeah. I, I like all the seaside stuff like i grew up in a seaside city so like all right. the you know, nautical stuff and all the, you know, lighthouses and all that at the beginning. I really, really like that aesthetic. And I knew as soon as um, Nicole Kidman says, oh, one morning, you know, look out on the pier and the sunrise. And like, I knew I was going to cry at the end when she said that. And I did. Yeah. But, oh. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. But apart from that, I can't really recommend it. And I can't even say, or at least Jason Momoa has a shirt off the whole time because he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No. I just love Jason Momoa though, so it's like it's yeah. one of those things where like I, I I think I just sort of I want the good things for him, so I want to like it more than I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. What else have you been watching? Uh, the other movie, um, I think it was an old zombie girls recommend uh, called The Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I seem to recall there were two movies that were at the same time. One was called The Hollow, and one was The Hallow. Yes. But, like you, you <laughs> Americans, you say them the same. <laughs> Whereas for me, they, they sound different. Um, I guess we do, because like a hall, you walk down the hall, so you would say right. hollow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about it. It's like a pen-pen situation. Who needs house? this aggravation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I just saw this today, uh, this morning, and um, yeah, I haven't really unpacked it yet. Um, but it's, uh, So this is the one where uh, he's a conservationist and he goes to like somewhere in Ireland to 
study the fungus that's growing there or something like that. And there's a, there's this kind of back um, like subplot about uh, countries selling off parts of their um, countryside and wildlife. Uh, and there's a you know there's a European Union thing going on in there as well, which I didn't quite I didn't I didn't quite get all of that. But then there's this weird fun you know that zombie fungus I can't remember what they call it. Um, Cordyceps. Yeah, that's it, cordyceps, and it, and it goes into like the ant's brain, and it turns them into like a zombie ant, and then uh, there's that kind of shit growing in the in this in this deep uh, deep woods in Ireland, and then like that's kind of tied up with all this Irish folk uh, folklore, and you know banshees and fairies and stuff that live in the woods, and maybe they don't want you trespassing on their land. And I thought it was really really great, a really effective, and um, it's got that good mix of the kind of folk horror and the gooey gross body horror, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, yeah, I just thought it, I just thought it was great. Um, I still need to kind of like unpack the actual story, and there's some there's some baby stuff, and there's some there's some stuff that may be quite uncomfortable, to, like because there's like a maybe there's a changeling situation at the end, but is it the right baby? Is it the wrong one? Do you kill the baby? And, and that yeah. that was making me squirm quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I really, I liked, really it, yeah. liked it too. Mm. This was, I mean, I don't know that much about Irish folklore, so it's like. I'm glad to hear that, you know, like, you have a little more proximity to mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know how much, like, cultural crossover there is around that kind of thing. Okay. Oh, for yeah. you guys. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, some. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got, um, it's got Roose Bolton, uh, Bolton as well, so when he shows up. And <laughs> Binge and Stark, hello. Oh, was that him? I was yeah. wondering where I recognized him from. <sighs> double Stark action. Or double <laughs> Game of Thrones action. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it felt fresh to me because I don't have a ton of information about that particular full court. Some enough to like be like, okay, oh yes, uh, iron bad. The Fae don't like the iron, you know. But like a lot of it felt really fresh. It didn't feel like you know the typical sort of fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right, lots of good gross out stuff. Like mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah. like when the wood is like rotting in the house, and you're like fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, and it's just growing everywhere and touching everything, and yeah, it reminded me a little bit of that. Um, is it Splinter where they've yes. got all this shit like growing out of them? Yes. yes, that's a movie nobody talks about, but that was so good. Mm. Yeah, I love Splinter. I think so. I like way it came out like way back when Zombie Girls first first started, so it's like eleven years old. But we've been around it's, eleven years. That's why. Yeah, the, the 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 finger creature that was awesome. Mm. Ugh. The, Oh, the amputation. Oh, yeah. oh, so I good. I haven't seen that. You haven't? Maybe not. Were there like the people trapped in a gas, like a, they're like in a, like a 7 Eleven? Or was it a 7 Up? 7 Eleven? And there's like this, like, alien spiky creature thing that like infests oh, no, people. It's got really good body horror. You would be super mm, into it. I would. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Matilda, what have you been watching? Uh, so I've been watching a couple things. Uh, one is Bird Box that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I've been watching is a Netflix series that's relatively new called Murder Mountain. Has anyone else watched I've some of this? I've seen the first no, four episodes. Uh, so this is a true crime six episode run. Um, and I live in Northern California, so it was super, super interesting to me because it's kind of close California history about Humboldt County and what's called the uh, the Emerald Triangle, which is the area of far Northern California where most of the cannabis is grown in our area um and it's a true crime uh series about missing persons essentially um because this is the area of the state where the most people go missing 
uh, a lot of people go up to um, to trim um, and to work the harvest and do that kind of thing. And so it's what was so interesting about it to me is it's a very cool documentary. It has like history about um, like communes mm-hmm. and hippies settling that land. But then it because it's um, because of drug policy and things being illegal. There's been this whole kind of outlaw culture and outlaw ethic in the county of like you don't talk to the police, you get your own justice, and this series focuses on a particular crime and how that kind of plays itself out. But then also kind of juxtaposes it against like what it means for legalization. So it switches back and forth between like, this is this kid that died or went missing on the mountain. And then also these are the people who are like want to actually do white market instead of black market and how the regulations are like shoving them out of the business because it's like propping up big pharma and how regulation Mm -hmm. means that there are no donations to local. Like it was so fascinating to hear that like, because there was so much cash and so much money early on when things were very illegal, even before medical legalization, that's how all the schools and health clinics up there got built, right? Like, or yeah. there's, there yeah. was like an infrastructure underneath. And so now that everybody's spending their money on permitting, yeah, that there's not donations to local charities. There's not like an excess yeah. of being able to take care of each other in this, what was arguably an outlaw way, but was really also sounds It was just their way of life up yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it had its drawbacks. I mean, and like the thing is, is if you like stayed to like outlaw rules, you were fine. yeah. Yeah. You just don't go up on Murder Mountain and start flashing your money around, and you're fine, <laughs> right? And, but it, and it has this kind of like vigilante justice story also in it, yeah. which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. So if you like this kind of thing and California history and drug policy and where those things all come together, I totally recommend this series. And it also has some poor cred because it's a, a documentary done by Joshua Zeman, yes. who I was very excited as soon as I saw his name on the screen, I was like, "Hold on, is that who I think it is?" He is the um, documentarian that also did Cropsey, oh, um, yes. okay, Killer Legends, uh, an excellent one season of the the series called uh, the Killing Season about yes. the what was the name of that serial killer? Long Island serial killer. Yes, which was Mm -hmm. excellent, and I feel like this is an extension of that. Yeah, like he, like you can see his sort of growth through Cropsey and Killer Legends, which are like very specifically horror based, and then in in Lisk, like it 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 totally broadened that killing season. It totally broadened where he's like telling multiple stories and like how it affects multiple parties, and like really kind of getting investigative with it. And then this is sort of like a further polished version of that, where he's like talking about like political implications and like the way that it's changing the culture up there but then also telling at its center this core like outlaw missing kid story it's really both like very many layers it's yeah it's really good i had to take a little break because we watched them like one two three four and i was like too grim <laughs> <laughs> i need just a little tiny break and we'll be back we'll there's be back some, to murder mountain there's some sweetness at the end of it that you'll like well yeah. i love the like how that story just sort of like resonated with particular people in the outlaw culture yes and you had like the like all the women together they're like fuck it we're breaking the like societal norms we're gonna start asking people questions yeah and then like also like the guy whose son had died and like they don't talk about what happened with him but he was like murdered right or did he commit suicide because it was the Russian roulette thing. Right. So I'm not, it's unclear what happened with it. But yeah, it's, it's very, I second, I totally second 
Like, it looks like if you look at the picture on Netflix, it just looks like that's a bullshit Reaper Madness thing. It does. But yeah. it's actually great. Mm-hmm. No, Sarah, I heard you trying to jump in. Did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, it's just when Matilda was talking about, like, the funding of the clinics and stuff. The same thing happened kind of on a bigger scale in Las Vegas. Once mm. the corporations in the 90s started to take over the casinos and the and the mobs really got yes. out of it. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, all the social services there tanked because, you know, before it was like you sent your cousin Jimmy over to manage the casino and he was going to bring his family and he was going to be there for, you know, the next 10 years at least. So he was putting money into the school system and he was, you know, right do, you know making sure they're donated sports and sponsor this and sponsor that. And then now you have, you know, Bob who's on his way to manage Disney World and just happens to, you know. MGM Grand is happens to be one of his stops. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just it c- completely changed the way everything worked there. Mm. Yeah, that's probably very parallel yeah. to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sarah, yeah. what have you been watching? Well, I was gonna say, uh, I I'm glad to hear that Murder Mountain actually gets better because, like, I watched about the first twenty minutes of the first episode was just like so boring. I can't do this. So mm-hmm. I, I was maybe bad. I need to just watch it in a different headspace. Yeah, maybe. I think in like a California history and policy headspace, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think I was expecting a true crime mm, documentary. It's, and it's, it's not quite not. that. No. And the second episode goes full policy and then it goes back to the story. Like it just, okay. yeah, it bounces. Once, I, the, I think the most interesting stuff is when they start getting into the vigilante just. I like, I like all of it. Yeah. But I think if you can hang in till we get into outlaw culture, because there's also like a lot of people who are just like living as outlaws and mm-hmm. being interviewed. And I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of surprised you're doing uh, this on camera. Yeah. Like, uh, and like, how uh, did they get to talk to that guy like in when he's like in the like interrogation room and he's just like covering his hair with his face? Oh, right. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's interesting. Well, a friend of mine grew up um, in, what is it, Wilsey, Wilseyville? Not too far from uh, uh, Leonard Lake's place. And mm. he said that one of the big things that he noticed was, was, um, the growers they used to booby trap stuff so Mm -hmm. you know like people would die from like shrapnel wounds and that kind of thing and it's like Mm -hmm. you just kind of knew oh you were up there on uh, on such and such mountain messing around but then that when the dea started to push real hard on the cartels that stuff became like domestic terrorist stuff before it was just like you know it was it was a felony because it was considered a uh, you know assault and battery with a deadly weapon but then it be it added on federal charges too, and so that's when they started like using dogs and actually having people out there camping in the fields, like you know, actively shooting people because it was actually less time to shoot somebody trying to steal your weed than it was to have a, a tripwire out there. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about the people going up to do the seasonal work of like trimming, right? A and lot like of them how... are transients. They make and you know twenty yeah. grand to to trim for the season and and bounce. But you could Go just follow like the dead or fish or whoever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also yeah. kind of dangerous, right? You just like get in a van. You just go to town and you get in a van with somebody. Yeah. And God knows where you're going. Like it's yeah. a pr- it's pretty and it's you know, 
gray area legal work and so you're pretty unprotected mm-hmm. i had a friend that grew weed and i just avoided his house during the harvest season because he'd walk in the door and he'd hand you a pair of scissors and i don't smoke weed so like he would just pay people in weed so i was just doing it for free <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst it's so sticky and you smell and, and it's not easy work it doesn't seem like so. no and like the thing is he would get people stoned and then they were all just sit there and like trim weed because you're like hi but i was like sober like fucking with these busted ass sticky ass fucking scissors like fuck you fuck you never again fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when he would be like yeah we're getting ready to harvest i'd be like and block <laughs> see you in a month bro <laughs> then well, i'd go my dad's just like eating weed butter on toast oh gross <laughs> yeah, my, my dad my dad said one time they uh they ha- they found a, a grow up in the Santa Cruz Mountains up in uh, Big Basin State Park, uh-huh, and so uh-huh. they're out there cutting it down. And this was you know back in the seventies, so they're out there just cutting it down with a machete. And of course they start to get hot, so they take their shirts off and they're out there. He says, you know, after about two hours, they're like, we can't do this anymore. We need to sit down and eat something. Oh no! <laughs> because they're they had sweating, the they're resin all over their yeah, bodies. Their skin. Oh, oh damn! They were fucking hot. <laughs> they had to have, they had to have uh, Cal Fire come out and hose them down. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Sarah, what have you been watching, girl? I've been watching the uh, the TV show uh, Dragnet 2000 from uh, 2000, the one with Ed Harris and Ethan Embry. And you know, it's just kind of fun to to go back and look at like cop procedurals from you know different decades, and because this was like right on the cusp of like it's it's a it's a Dick Wolf show. And it's, like, mm. right on the cusp of, like, uh, Law & Order, SVU, and, like, the beginning of CSI, where things got a little bit more graphic. Mm. But it's still a little, like, you know, very, very sort of, uh, I guess, staunchy would be the right word. Kind of like the, those, like, first couple seasons of uh, Law and, the original Law & Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting to, to watch. Um God, Ed Harris was so young. Mm. <laughs> Do we think Dick Wolf is his real name? <laughs> That's a good question. I feel like he gave himself that name. Like he was hell of high, like at a frat party, was like, "Call me Dick Wolf." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, Wolf Dick. Whatever. Anyway, sorry, this doesn't matter. <laughs> Asking the important questions. You can always count on me. <laughs> hey, at least it sounds more real than Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. All what right. else have you been watching? Um, Possum, which I guess came out last year in the UK. Ooh, the thing I had a question about fuck. this. Yeah, that's it's really atmospheric, but you really got to pay attention to the dialogue. Otherwise, I spent half my time going, "Wait, what just happened? What's going on?" And there's a lot of like back and forth through this guy's head because it's like he sees something and then. Then, you know, he looks again and it's gone. And it's like, okay, I just spent two minutes going through that sequence and you're telling me that <laughs> that was fake or like, you know, you, you spend this time with him, like walking by a beach and, and like, you know, the next thing you know, he's waking up in bed and, and you're like, wait, what, wait, what's going on? Who's, who's that person? Why is he there? What's so, I mean, it's, it's a little, a little convoluted, but just atmospherically, it is really creepy. And that puppet, ugh. Is it a spider? It's spider-ish. Um, okay, you know, you know, in Toy Story, the the 
baby doll oh, head yeah. on the side yes. of your body. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Ooh. But creepier. Ooh. Mm. We have a doll of that somewhere at my house. Of course you do. So, <laughs> so on Zombie Girls, this is actually a good little opportunity to plug this. We have a page called VOD Releases, and it just is a calendar, basically. Like, if you aren't sure what you want to watch this week, like, you can come on here and look and see what's coming out on video on demand. Um, I highly recommend it because I'm the one that curates it, so please come make my work. But, like, <laughs> need something. Yes. But the thing is, is, like, when Possum came out and I saw that poster, I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and I had to keep looking at it because I had to, like... Uh, you know crop it in photoshop and then like move it and change the links periodically so i had to look at it multiple times and i'm just like oh oh just the poster alone there's no way i was gonna watch it but oh you've seen the poster too it is upsetting have you seen the poster it it is yeah but i looked at it when i really want between that and puppets i was like yes this is for me (laughs) (laughs) so So would you recommend it Oh no! It just because because it's creepy childhood stuff, which I yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you watch the first season of of um, uh, Channel Zero? No. It's oh, creepy you should. Puppets. Is it is it creepy puppets? It's all creepy puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh, about this like watch childhood that. That puppet so show that right. is really creepy. Okay, I'm writing it down. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, would you recommend Possum? Yes or no? Yes, I would recommend Possum. If you're into awesome. creepy, it, creepy and atmospheric, and you can do you know sort of. Uh, I guess like dreamy kind of stuff. Then, uh huh. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a linear storyline, this is not your movie. And then the last thing I watched was We Are Not Cats, which is on I'm Shutter right now. Very interested. So about curious this. about this. I keep meaning to watch it. It's billed as a horror film, but I'd say it's like hipsters trying to do like an early '90s indie film. Oh, uh oh. Womp womp. So Don't name your movie We Are Not Cats and then make it suck. That's not fair. And then just make it art school. <laughs> yeah, because it's like there, there's this guy who's kind of like, you know, your loser character. And when he as a nervous tick, he pulls the hair out of his beard and he eats it. But he pulls out like mm-hmm. one hair at a time and he'll eat it or like from his eyebrows. And he ends up meeting a girl who actually like eats hair. And... uh Okay. Not a whole so lot far. happens for quite a while until one day they get drunk and he passes out and she licks his head clean. And then there's like something that happens after that that's really kind of gross. Is huh? it worth watching the is it worth fast forwarding and watching the end? Uh let's speak the volume. Honestly honestly, like seriously, fast fast forward until you see him like drinking weird looking liquid from a from a used container. You. And then watch from there because, yeah, like I said, basically he passes out and she looks his head clean and then some shit happens after that and then it ends. Okay, we're definitely doing that. I, okay. don't, know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I want to sign up for the full indie, in a, in a 2000s indie experience. Right, yeah. But I want to know what happens after she licks his head clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, not a recommend for We Are Not Cats? Not, or a recommend? not a recommend. And, and uh, the thing was, like, I saw it on a couple of, like, best of lists. Yeah, I don't get it. Like it. Remember how like '90s indie horror films? It was always like one or two cast members, usually like the director's brother and a friend. A lot of people talking, and then the plot never went anywhere, and then the movie just ended. Yeah, so that's pretty much that's pretty much we are not cats. Okay, all right. Good name, not so good movie. Mm, Disappointing. Yeah, 
All right, y'all. It's time. The time has come for us to do a little filling up of some shame holes. <laughs> we need some sort of sound effect for that. Yeah, like, really. Would be a good shame hole sound effect. What about the Game of Thrones one? Ding, 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 ding. Okay. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. Sold. I'll have to yes. steal that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do actually have it on my phone. Hold on. Shame. Shame. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> all right. For those of you who are not hip to how this all worked out, Jody, this is your jam. Why don't you explain how this all went down? Oh, um, yeah, I just figured that, like, we kept having this conversation where, like, someone would not have seen a movie, um, and it, it, like, each of us, you know, the, a bunch of stuff we hadn't seen, and it was always, you haven't seen blah, 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 like, you've got a horror podcast and you haven't seen X, Y, Z, um, so then, I, I don't know how we decided to actually do it, but, um, we found a bunch of lists that were, like, um, horror films you have to see before you die, kind of thing, or highest rated horror movies, and there was a couple of hundred movies on that list, I guess, and we... Uh, just went through it and highlighted what we hadn't seen and then we kind of whittled them down and picked a few between us and then we got the listeners to vote on the ones that they thought we should see uh, and that's how we ended up with our shame hole yeah so the the listeners have voted and spoken before we do that i'd like to give a shout out to the big gay horror group on facebook and mm-hmm. the uh, joe bob briggs drive-in mutant collective mm-hmm. uh, also on facebook for uh, helping us out, throwing in some votes, because I know I posted uh, our our survey on a couple other groups and just completely ignored, but you guys were really awesome and cast your votes and, well, you cast your votes. <laughs> <laughs> but thank, thank you guys thank you. for uh, for yeah, interacting with you. us and, and giving us your Gaze input. coming through. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll just do these one at a time. All right, so a little bit about the format. We're going to do, I have a couple questions. We're going to say, like, each of us are going to explain when we know it's our turn, why we hadn't seen these movies before, what we thought about it, if it is actually, having seen it, if it's actually changed our lives as horror fans, and if... Having seen it, if we're still ashamed that we um, had not, um, because Jody has a hard out, I'm gonna let we're gonna we're going to throw alphabetizing to the wind, and we're gonna <laughs> let Jody go first. Jody, okay. what is your shame hole? <laughs> yeah, let Grandma Jody go first so she can go to bed. Um, so mine was uh, Nosferatu the Vampire from 1979, directed by Werner Herzog. You have to say it like this: Werner Herzog. Oh, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why have you not seen this movie before, Jody? Shame, 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 uh, shame. Um, I mean, I guess it just—I'm uh, not really a big vampire person. I felt like I'd seen like the the big hitter vampire movies, and I'd seen the original a long time ago, and it's kind of hard to watch. Um, I, I do quite like the old kind of Universal monster movies, but when you go back another ten years to the twenties and you see all these um the kind of German expressionist ones like this and the, the uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, I found them quite a struggle because they're, they're, they're all silent and they are quite quite a lot more dated than the kind of 30s like Dracula and, and Frankenstein movies. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just never felt like following it up. Um, but I'm glad I did. Spoiler. Okay. What did you think of the movie? I really liked it. Um, has have everybody seen this? My, I guess mm-hmm. we, yes. we picked ones that we're, the, that we're the only ones that haven't seen it, right? Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really liked it. Um, well, first of all, what it's about. Okay, sure. Uh, so I've got a little synopsis here. Um, so directed by Werner Herzog, starring Klaus Kinski, 
Isabel Ajani, Bruno Gantz, Roland Topa, and Walter Landengast, or maybe that's Walter Landengast. Walter uh, Landengast. <laughs> sure, <I'm laughs> uh, okay, so synopsis. Jonathan Harker is sent by his employer Renfield to Transylvania to meet with the mysterious Count Dracula, who wishes to buy a property in Harker's town of Vismar. He travels against the wishes of his wife Lucy and ignores the warnings of locals who tell him that the Count is a vampire. When he meets the strange rodent-like Count, Harker is imprisoned in the castle while the Count flees to Vismar to claim Lucy as his own, leaving a trail of death in his wake. Harker attempts to escape the castle and make it back home to save Lucy from the Count, but will he be too late? Um, yeah, so I really like this, and I, I, I am kicking myself for not having watched it and having watched the original <laughs> instead, almost, because um, I thought visually this was great, I mean, because it's, it's not a story that is new to anybody, like anyone who's seen any horror films, like you've seen the Dracula story in, in whatever guise. And okay. I thought that, that this was a really great version of it. Um, visually, it's really great. And I think I sometimes have a problem with 70s movies and the way yes. that they look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it, takes, it takes a really good story for me to get past that. And this really, this really did. Um, I thought all the, the landscape was really, really great. All the shots of the castle, all the shadows. And it felt like a really good homage uh, to the original, lots of um, iconic shots of um, you know, like because the, the um, Kinski really looks like he's, he's got the Max Shrek look with the bald head mm-hmm. and the yeah. rat face and the ears and the teeth and everything, mm-hmm. and the kind of shadows creeping up the wall. Like that's that's one of the most iconic images in horror, and they 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 really captured that extremely well. I thought this this was a really great love letter to the original movie, and an improvement on it, uh, especially if you struggle with older films. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. That's good oh. to hear. I've never seen this. Is this a shameful I need to fill? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a I good movie. So. I rewatched it because it had been like a million years since I had seen it, and I really liked mm-hmm. it again. It's so atmospheric, and <clears throat> uh, the character Lucy, um, his wife, is really mm-hmm. great too because she ends up, um, you know, in a time when there wasn't like a a lot of power that she had. She uses what power she has, like her sexuality, her body, to Mm-hmm. kind of defeat dracula and um and she's the one who like knows what's going on before anybody else and nobody will listen to her it's interesting it's really good yeah it felt it felt like it kind of flips the damsel in distress yes kind of, exactly uh, kind of thing um it's got some good cat action although i i do hear that there was a lot of um controversy about the rats that they used in the movie um oh yeah, I think a lot of them didn't uh, didn't survive the movie, and they had to be. Oh no! Yeah, then that, I mean, there's no there's no on screen violence towards them, but um, I hear that um, all the rats that they used were white, but they wanted them grey, or um, Werner Herzog wanted them grey, so they had to dye them, oh, which shit. was uh, not a pleasant process for the rats. So that oh, that gross. sucks. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So, um, but there's nothing there's nothing disturbing like that kind of on screen. Um, uh, there is an amazing skeleton clock uh, that that Dracula has. I don't know if you remember that area where, yes, like the skull kind of like the top of it flips up and then a little skeleton comes out ringing the bell when it when it strikes midnight. That's yeah, awesome. his whole castle is so cool looking. So cool. Yeah, and and also it's such like an emotional story too because Count Dracula has these talks um, with uh, fuck, what's the main guy's name? Oh, Harker. Harker. Yeah, with Harker. Um, you know, late at night and, and talking about sort of the pain and tragedy of living forever and mm-hmm. and never having that connection to other people and, and just the world kind of spinning around every day and, and nothing ever changes. It's really good. Yeah, that was really interesting. And I hadn't really seen that tackled in any um, 
kind of other Dracula uh, yeah. retellings before. And one thing that I picked up on that I, I guess has been prevalent in all of them, I mean, like, the whole vampire thing is very sexualized, and that's not a very thinly veiled metaphor right. of, you know, like, penetrating someone and, you know, all that stuff. But the kind of homoeroticism in this one was really, really visible, which I hadn't mm-hmm. really spotted before. Yes. Yeah, between yeah. Parker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know a lot about uh, Bram Stoker, but wasn't there something with him and Oscar Wilde, like, that, like, there was, like, he... Something about his closeted sexuality, maybe, and, uh, and and this is the first time that I'd really kind of spotted it. Um, so, I guess that wasn't focused on on, on a, lot, a lot of the older movies. Maybe they they didn't feel like they wanted to tap into that. But I thought it really came across in in this movie, especially at the dinner scene when he cuts his finger, and he's kind of sucking on his finger. That mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, very very awesome. prevalent. So so I I don't know what it was like. Maybe that's just a seventies thing that Herzog wanted to bring that out in this version of the movie. I don't know. Yeah, and just the, the, like, creeping scenes of Dracula, like, sneaking into a room, and you were talking about, like, the big shadows and his hands out, mm-hmm. slowly moving. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so effective and beautiful to look at. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Now, Sarah, didn't you have some, like, super strong feelings about this? I feel like you watched well, it. I just, then... it, you know, honestly, it's beautifully shot. The makeup is great. The scenery is awesome. I was bored. Ah. I was so bored. And to me, the acting just felt really cheap, really like, like over the top. Like well, it, uh, it kind of felt like um, you know those Kinsky, slightly it, older like Vincent Price like witch yep. hunter movies. It, mm. it had that yeah. kind of vibe because it's got that sort of period setting. Although um, it was shot in um, a town in the, in the Netherlands called Delft, which is where my good friend Becky lives. Oh, but, oh, but oh. it's it's very odd how you've got like. They've got these like kind of Victorian costumes, and then there's like, yeah, that's like seventies Delft though, and that's a seventies door. Has it in any way having seen it changed or informed the way you see horror now? And was it worth like? Is it really one of those things that should be on that everybody needs to watch this list? Um, I think it should be. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know if it's changed the way I see horror, but maybe it's changed the way I see Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, because is there something like because in in the original Nosferatu he's it's um, he's not called Dracula is he? he's called something else like or or Lock or or, Lock or, or something like yeah. that yeah. because of I don't know it was a um, copyright that's right yeah 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 and they didn't have permission to make the movie I guess uh, so I don't know what changed in the interim and they could call him Dracula in this version um, but uh, it's, it's make, it makes me want to go back and watch um, the Universal version and the um, the nineties version too and see if there's any other of this kind of homoerotic subtext in those movies too that I'd missed before. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you, you? This is all about shame. Are you mm. still ashamed that you are you still ashamed that you hadn't seen it? Uh, yes, yes. I wish I had seen this much earlier. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Who wants to go next? I'll go. My pick, my shame hole was the original Suspiria. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What's up? Stop it. I think you have to turn your volume up. Rachel's trying to... I'm trying to shame you. (laughs) The shaming app is not working. Oh, the shaming app... It should be ashamed of itself. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try this again. You son of a bitch. She's just, like, making the jerk-off motion with her (laughs) in front of the microphone and nothing's happening. All right, fuck it. Sorry, we'll have to put it in digitally later. Shame! Shame! Shame, Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, Sarah. Okay. Oh, now it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Okay, so anyway, it was the original Suspiria. 
And I know that the uh, remake or cover version or whatever the director called it uh, is is out now on. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, and I actually intended to see this one before I saw the the new one. And the scenery is beautiful. The music is wonderful. The atmosphere it tries to create is really great. The plot, the acting, oh, they're not very good. They're not very good at all. I mean, is, is that like the the worst blind man you have ever seen on cinema? And I mean, I'm, ta- I'm comparing him to when like the Three Stooges slapped glasses on on Curly and tried and pretend he's blind. It's... So why hadn't you seen this before? Uh, you know what? It was one of those ones that it just it wasn't readily available in in a VHS format, when, and then for a while it just kind of like disappeared, and mm-hmm. then it it's over. I'd say over the last ten years, it's really made like a resurgence as far as being more available. But I mean, like even even now, we were looking for places to stream it, and like the only place you can stream it online is through Tubi, and it has commercials. Oh, yeah. Although it sounds like you were probably relieved for the commercial. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I actually, I actually had had uh, got the DVD from Netflix uh, about a month ago. Watched it yesterday morning, and yeah, there's just there was a lot of things like the wife and I were laughing that like those are some of the most poorly formed bar- ballerinas. In <laughs> knowing people that have practiced ballet, it's just it, it, like when she's like, "You could borrow her shoes." It's like, yeah, no, no, it no you cannot work that you can. way. No, you can't. They're foreign no. to your foot. Like, yeah, you can't do. That. Yeah, but I mean, I loved, I loved the scenery. Like the the wallpaper in the in the in that girl's apartment was great. Uh-huh. The where she finds the irises. Yeah, the, that whole you know mural is great. The mm-hmm. the colors of the buildings. The first murder. I mean, that's that scene is so iconic where she falls through the colored glass and mm-hmm. is laying there with all the bits of colored glass around her. I mean, absolutely beautifully shot and really great. But as far as the actual movie itself, I did not enjoy it. I I could have gone without seeing it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I actually felt, like, drained after watching it because it was just so hard to, like, focus on it because the act, to me, to me personally, the acting was bad. The, the way the, the plot moved along was bad. It's like, you know, it's the headmaster's. She's breathing. I can hear her breathing. It's like, and so she's snores. Okay. Why is that creepy? Why are you flipped out about it? There's no like content context for why we should be worried about the headmistress snoring behind a curtain. Fair enough. So did it change or inform the way you see horror now? Like, do you feel like you well, have I, a deeper I understanding? Like, I don't think it like gave me any like, broader sense of you know the horror genre as a uh, at large but it i definitely see where it or it influenced a lot of uh other uh yeah. stuff yeah you feel like it was worth worth all the hype no <laughs> <laughs> for me honestly honestly it was like um like you're saying about aquaman i would have been just fine turning it on probably just playing the uh goblin soundtrack and Oof, watching it as a music as an extended music video versus mm. an actual movie yeah i think jody and i both i think saw this with goblin mm-hmm. so jealous mm-hmm. yeah uh which is a different experience Very. yeah and in a room full of enthusiasts right like this is just a different experience I yeah think. Mm-hmm. But yeah awesome awesome so are you still ashamed you hadn't seen it not really 
<laughs> good for you. Yeah. Good for you. What is it? Um, does it change whether or not you think you're going to commit the two and a half hours to the new one? Oh, I fully plan on watching the new one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it didn't change that. I plan on watching think. the new one whether I'd seen this one or not. I just yeah. wanted to see this one first. Any other thoughts on uh, Suspiria before we move on to the next poll? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. All right. Who wants to go next? I can. All right. What What's your movie? The Wicker Man. The bees! The bees! <laughs> Shame! Shame. <laughs> I think that should be a, a shame on Sarah for invoking the Nicolas Cage film. <laughs> shame. Double shame. shame. <laughs> all right, Ariel. First of all, uh, why have you not seen this movie before? I actually don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things that I just kept missing. Like, Everybody I knew had seen it. I should have seen it. And I just kept kind of putting it off for some reason. And then, you know, but every time anyone finds out that I hadn't seen it, they'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, Jody's been trying to get me to watch it for like two years, probably. Yep. Um, so I don't know what my problem is because <laughs> it's a really good movie. So I don't, Yay. I don't know why musical. it took me so long. Okay, so I loved it. Correct answer. Yes. <laughs> it's it's such a good movie and it's it's like so perfect for me too because i love the like slow burn stuff i love when somebody's investigating and like a town is you know Mm -hmm. everything's weird and different and oh my gosh it was so good it's beautiful to look at i have to admit when i first started the movie and really early on you get to a scene where like he's trying to sleep upstairs in the pub and the um, uh. <laughs> the innkeeper's daughter is yeah. like giving her, her sexy dance, naked, <laughs> yeah. gyrating, pounding the walls with her hands, <laughs> and doing this like bizarre dance. And I was just like, Slapping "What the fuck am I watching? What did I get myself into? <laughs> this is so weird." <laughs> um, but other than that, <laughs> that bizarre scene, it was really, really entertaining. I, I wish I had seen this like a million years ago before I knew what the ending was. Because I feel like if you right. went to the theater and oh, saw okay. this in the 70s and had no idea what was coming, um, mm. it would have been a shocker that it ends in such like a dark place that your hero is killed, that there's that turnaround of what mm. you think is going to happen. Because um, even after he starts to figure stuff out and you think you know what's going to happen, they do like a switcheroo. And mm-hmm. I think if that had been a surprise, it would have been great. It's like um, the first time I saw Planet of the Apes, I right. think... You know, everything had been spoiled for me because I had watched The Simpsons, like Troy McClure <laughs> sing along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll never make a monkey. Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I, it almost didn't matter because I, I didn't know like all of the details leading up to it, and they did such a good job of like kind of planting clues so that you follow along the way the movie wants you to um, and then switching things on you. Mm. Yeah. The way they want him to follow it. Through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. And all the costumes are great. Christopher Lee as the, I was waiting Florida for that. Summer Isle yeah. is amazing. So good. <laughs> he is so good. And like his kilt costume was really amazing. He's like when he, when they do the parade at the end and they're all dressed up as like weird things and he's dressed up as a woman. Uh, like a witchy kind of woman. That was really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, he's probably like the best part of the movie, really. But 
yeah, all of it was great. And the, the sort of the, the way they build kind of the weirdness of the town of people lying to him of at night, people just like having sex everywhere and like naked women in graveyards and all this like, you know, strange stuff that he's not used to. Sounds like our high school years, huh? With those <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 I kind of feel if like if they hadn't wanted to like sacrifice a human being, that he would have been the asshole in this whole movie. But Yeah. <laughs> he's so judgmental about everything. Yeah. Um I also like that it has like reverse slasher rules. Yeah. Like the virgin's gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the end scene with him in the like giant wicker man was was great watching like the fire slowly climb as he's like singing his religious song and praying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like dancing in a circle with like these expressions of glee on their faces for watching this dude yeah. burn alive. Yeah. It's- it's pretty great because they're like so invested in this, you know, religion of theirs. Um, yeah, I like the music changes in that scene as well. Like mm-hmm. it goes from all like happy and weird throughout the most of the movie to like just the drums. Yes, and then back to happy again when it's yeah. burning. Yeah, we really got to do an episode on this. I know, like, I'm I'm worried when this got picked that that meant we weren't going to do the the one Jody had planned. But I still really want to do it. Yeah, yeah, we can still do that. Okay, yeah. good. Anyway, I also want everyone to see Kill. so yeah i i loved it i can't believe i never watched this before because i I think if i had i probably would have already seen it like six times because it's so good and it's so for you i'm so glad we did this because it's such an aerial yeah that's what i'm saying i don't know what's wrong with me (laughs) i should have seen this i I just love the music in it like it started yeah and and the wife was like oh what is this what are you watching i'm like what you don't like 70s light folk pop Irish, Irish <laughs> English folk pop and she's like no she's like this sounds like Cliff Richards <laughs> I'm like no 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 did it's better it's better yeah she got into it okay she's like she's like god that policeman's an asshole isn't he <laughs> yeah he kind of yep <laughs> yep and then when the blonde started dancing she goes oh i see why he wanted to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of naked ladies in this movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so do you feel like it actually having seen it is like making you a more well-informed oh yeah totally i mean even like the um when we were watching like tons of movies for our uh end of the year countdown thing I watched Apostle, that um, movie, that Netflix mm-hmm. original movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, there's so many similarities between the two. Yeah. And, and just any kind of like folk, pagan, um, you know, suspicious, religious kind of horror movies. I think have definitely been informed by this one. Awesome. Okay. All right. So are yeah. you ashamed you hadn't seen it before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this was a legit shame hole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have a shame hole, folks. <laughs> Diagnosis is shame hole. Yeah. No, so I'm glad that I finally like was forced to sit down and watch it. All right. Excellent. All right, who's next? I can go. You okay, cool. I have dropped my phone so I can't shame I can't shame you with the app this time, so <laughs> just you consider I'm giving yourself a very shaming face. look right now. Okay. <laughs> 
She she's doing the Randy head. <laughs> I know from shame because I, I I stare into the face of it on a daily ha- basis. It's how shame happens in this house. It's good. Um, so my uh, shame hole was the hills have eyes. Okay. And thinking about like the seventy seven version and thinking about why I hadn't seen this before. You know, sometimes seventies horror is not really for me, but I feel like this was one where and rural horror isn't necessarily my favorite. But I feel like this was one um, that I was pretty ashamed of having seen because it feels like source material yeah. that gets referred to a mm-hmm. lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that um, I was glad that the votes kind of came down this way because I wanted to um, to make this happen. So I watched it. Um, I will say my <laughs> level of distraction about Michael Berryman uh, the actor who plays one of the cannibals yeah. um, was so high because to me, he is the principal in the Motley Crue video. Oh. <laughs> For smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. And that is, that's just who he is. And so I can't, I expected every time the camera went on him, I expected him to look at the camera and like wiggle his ears and get his wig snatched off. <laughs> like I expected, uh, I, I could not unsee that as a, because as a child, I was kind of an obsessive Motley Crue fan. I could not unsee Michael Berryman as um, as out of that role. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> so she that says as of... a child, but she won't admit to the uh, the Vince and Tommy matching butt tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Vince and Tommy are n- the least good members of this. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a Mick and Nikki it would just be Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Nikki Six Love is, is definitely renowned. You and my yeah. sister would get along. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a, you know, self-discovery route of like, oh, I really like femme men. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. Till they, till that one talks. Yeah. Um, I was really glad I saw this. Um, it was pretty solid. It was, it felt a little... Texas Chainsaw to me. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was great. And I was both distracted and thrilled by the low budget 70s costuming of what they imagine like savagery is, yeah. right? Of like oh, the, God. the plastic bone necklaces. Oh, especially and the, on like, the mother. Pelts <laughs> and the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mother was really going for like full Flintstones. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Rachel did wig pop <laughs> category <laughs> is. I haven't seen this movie. This is one of my shame holes. Is this one of your shame holes? Yeah. It was one of mine too, so I watched it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but it was, I mean, and also there's like foreshadowing that just seems odd where one of the um they're out in the middle of the desert and one of the women in the car is like we're gonna be french fries human french fries which is not oh, yeah. a... <laughs> it's like that's not how french fries work that's not how french fries work i don't know i i, I know it was supposed rack of to... ribs maybe yeah ceviche <laughs> <laughs> but there were some solid like menacing kills there's like a that somebody's infant gets stolen and you don't know how that's going to go. Um, there is a little animal violence. I want to warn Rachel. This is a recurring situation. Yeah. I will be talking about animal violence In as 70s well. horror. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the a reason I had never seen this, like I remember one time being at a party in high school and somebody had it on and I watched like the first 15 minutes of it and got to the dog part of it. Yeah. And it was like, Ooh, I don't know about this. And then a friend told me that they actually used, um, 
like a real dead dog. I don't I'm not sure if that's true that they got from like the sheriff's office or something. Yeah. And so then I was like what? definitely Raven. not watching it and I went to another room and then I just have never gone back to it. Always meant to, but just never have. And just like that, mm-hmm. my shame over this hole is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they didn't kill the dog, but, but like But when Big Bob gets it, you're kind of like, yeah. 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 It's like the, the first the I mean, I don't know about you, but the first time that jet flew over my head that close I wouldn't be driving going, what's going on? Right. Like yelling at my wife for looking at the map. I would have like slowed down and been like, okay, let's find out where we are before we get exploded. Yeah. Right. Like his crucifixion. Yeah. There's, there's some good stuff in this. Yeah. There's some really good stuff in this. So I was really glad I had seen it. Um, I don't know that I have a ton of shame about not having seen it before because I don't. Sorry, listeners, I don't feel a ton of shame about things I haven't seen. <laughs> Good for you. It's my life, all right? And I only have so many, so much life left. Yeah. Um, mm, so, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was really glad to have seen it. And that was that was what was really interesting about this exercise is thinking about like um, the things that get, the movies that get referred to a lot that are source material that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. That now I feel like I understand a little bit better. So that was helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Nice shame holding. Thank you. How All right. You, Rachel? Oh, am I la- I'm the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. So <laughs> I did a little hidden gem called Friday the 13th. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Oh, good. Well, I, don't worry, I got a synopsis for you. So don't worry. <laughs> Is that that one with the guy with the fingers or knives? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, yeah, so this one, I my vote was actually tied between Friday the 13th and Bride of Frankenstein. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch them both and see which one I have the most to say about. Then I watched Friday the 13th, and then I started Bride of Frankenstein, and I watched five minutes, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to try Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, you know, here's the thing is, this is shamehole round one. We'll get shamehole. Yeah. I'll get around to it. Well, I mean, uh, all right. Bride is a great movie, but I think that this, it definitely would have, uh, I think Friday the 13th definitely works for yeah. it. Cause yeah. I mean, when it I, like when I posted it up, people, thing. a lot of people were like, wait a minute, how could she have not seen Friday the 13th? And I was like, you know, hey, some of us didn't grow up in, in the most liberal of backgrounds, you know? <laughs> So we, we miss yeah. these things. Yeah, whatever. Spare me your, like, fanboy sh- Like, honestly, I, when I saw it, I was like, thanks for the fanboy gatekeeping. Get bent. Like, I don't get <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, Suck a fatty. Like, I don't, I, that, when they were appalled, I just, like, rolled my eyes. I'm like, of course they were. Um, <laughs> to be honest, like, honestly, it, like, made me, like, instantly have no fucking shame about it. <laughs> so whatever, any shame you had about it was gone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> shame solved. Okay, so the reason I had not seen this um, was, well, for, there's a few reasons. One was, like, first of all, like, childhood trauma. I went to a slumber party, my first slumber party ever when I was a little kid. I was, like, way too young to be hanging out with these kids, but it was the neighborhood friend. Um, I got to go to her slumber party, and they were watching Friday the 13th, too. And it, like, I spent the entire time crying in the bathroom. Oh, so, wow. Oh. So, like, mm-hmm. for a long time, I was kind of like, no, Friday the 13th. Um and then, you know, like, I eventually saw the ones I had seen. I, it's not that I have never seen any Friday the 13th. I just haven't seen the ones that other people think I should have seen. Because I've seen um, Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like! Yeah, uh-huh. a fun movie. Uh-huh. Solid monster movie. Um, and part of Friday the 13th, too. Anyway, so, yeah. So that's one reason. And then also, I'm just like, 
pretty ambivalent about slashers. Sorry. Yeah. They're not it's probably yeah. my least Fair. favorite subgenre. I don't hate it. I just like I don't feel any like I gotta see all the slashers drive. Mm-hmm. Um so like I just wasn't that interested. Um there's so many other movies out there that I really wanna see more. Like I wanna see all the full core. I wanna see all the like interesting sort of like like Lovecraft or like those things are interesting to me. Um, as opposed to slashers, which feel pretty like paint by the numbers. So that's part of it. Um, and basically like this is a movie that likes Star Wars. Like you don't have to have seen it. So like it's one of those things where like if you are a human being that exists like in pop culture, have any sort of association with pop culture, like you know the plot of it by osmosis. Like you just know. Like not I knew everything about this movie before I had seen it. So I didn't really feel like there I you know that I was missing anything and I didn't really have any curiosity about it. Like the only reason I even felt any shame about it was because other people were like, Oh, every time I said I hadn't seen it. So I was just like, <laughs> uh-huh, fuck, I, I gotta just like, card. Yeah. it's always felt like homework. You know what I mean? Like I just had to like check it off the fucking list as opposed to like coming at it from like a, like a loving horror fan perspective where I'm mm-hmm. just like, I want to see the story. So that's why I hadn't seen it before. So for those of you who, like me, have not seen this movie prior to this, the synopsis is a group of teen, finger quotes, teen (laughs) counselors are stalked and murdered one by one while trying to reopen Camp Crystal Lake, a camp that is said to be cursed because of all the people who have died there. Each of them get picked off by a mysterious assailant until only Alice remains to confront the killer, which twist, except it isn't actually a twist because everybody knows this. The killer is actually Mrs. Voorhees, the cuckoo banana pants mother of Jason Voorhees, a child with an unspecified disability that drowned uh, when the original camp counselors were off getting busy. So... <laughs> Great synopsis. <laughs> I did indeed, and I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's Friday the 13th in a nutshell. Um, okay, I felt, having seen this movie, that it was very, very, very fine. It was just <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, there were things I liked about it. Um, like, I feel like it's a very low budget movie. And so it doesn't have any what some people would call style. Um, but the result of that is that it kind of actually makes you feel a little bit like you're in the woods. Like you're actually mm-hmm. in a camping scenario. Especially when they're doing like the POV shots of Mrs. Voorhees. Like watching them through the woods. Like the mm-hmm. sort of like the the... The lighting and just, like, all of it felt very authentic. Like, it did not feel like a stylized movie. And so, like, that, I think, does a good job of sort of creating, like, a conditions where you could maybe feel some tension about being drawn into the movie because it feels very, like, you can, like, pull it from life experience. So I thought that was really great. I, but I'm actually way more interested about how it was received culturally at the time versus like how movies are today. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting that this was a very shocking movie at the time mm-hmm. because it's so incredibly tame now. There are some fun kills, but they're not overly graphic and there's very little nudity except for <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon's nut huggers, which were <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> there is some aggressive bulge in this. Like it- like there is like so much like scrotal cleavage in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, this era of dressing had like a lot more gender parity in explicitness. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's like you can look at his 
him in his pants and see like the back of his genitals right like it's oh yeah yeah so on to things like less interesting than his bulge uh let's see so there were some fun kills for the most part the kills are pretty tame like it's just like throat slashing and like some aftermath of people being killed but i think mostly what i found interesting was just how it sort of kind of highlights how far and how much darker horror has become since the 80s like even though it had like more like temporal proximity to like exploitation and like drive-in films like it's actually instead of being gritty it's like it's like very tame and almost weirdly wholesome because Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like nubile teens getting killed like we're not like getting into the psychology or like the more fucked up things like if you had gotten maniac i think we'd be having a very different conversation because mm. that is an extremely gritty. Oh yeah, I watched yeah. half of that. <laughs> you watched half of that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. Also, the fact that like Sean Cunningham has a background in porn would make this more gritty and more like exploitative than it is. But it's really not, which is so crazy. Like I can actually kind of get on board with people like freaking the fuck out over Silent Night, Deadly Night, because there is like the stuff that this movie is known for is much more prevalent in that. So, and like also just the gender politics are not actually nearly as bad as I was expecting. Like I was expecting like a super misogynistic piece of shit, like, because that is what I've been. Here's an example of why maybe it is good that I watched this because like I was acculturated to believe that he would, it would be. And instead like our final girl is not virginal. Like she's had Mm sex. Like, like you kind of get the impression that she is like, was boning the owner of the camp right but no, also she, she, she totally weed. she totally was there's actually a deleted scene where she tells him you know we're not doing this again steve i'm going to california and he's just like you know but i love you and she's like you knew it was you knew we weren't gonna last so right there's there okay. actually they Perfect. actually mm-hmm. were involved at some point okay see exactly so yeah she's not virginal she smokes weed she participates in strip monopoly like she just really is your final girl as a result of like lucky sort of like she happened to not be by herself and she's like really good with a fucking or you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> i feel like it's really toward the mid to late 80s that we yeah. get more explicit misogyny in the slasher mm-hmm. which like, i which i in, in, think yeah which i think was more of a cultural response of you know because i mean look at the movies that were coming out you had you know commando and rambo and you know pretty much all the big action films were all violence 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 to rescue, you know, this this one girl, or the violence was okay as long as there was no sex or drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess that's that's it. It's like the things that I have. I mean, I love all the violence and the action and all that crap. But like the things that I actually associate with being like transgressive are not teenagers having sex and smoking weed. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah. So. So I guess maybe that's it's that's a perfect example of like how culture has shifted. That like it just does not compute like i see teenagers like uh, like late teens like smoking weed and having sex it can't I mean, like that's why you go to camp <laughs> right <laughs> that's where i learned about finger banging well, and I think like that's, was that that's, summer camp <laughs> i think in like actually 19 like in the late 70s and early 80s i think the culture is on board with you by the <clears> late 80s the, or the mid to late 80s when like there's more moral majority there's uh, more kind of like and all that return to conservatism stuff. yeah i think that then horror movies got more politically conservative Ow. Mm-hmm. In in the ways that they viewed teenage sex, in the ways that they viewed like the need to punish mm-hmm. kids for doing particular things, yeah, yeah, 
That makes sense to me. That's my read. I don't know. If that's I know. Right. I think that you're absolutely right. Um. So yeah. So in some ways, this movie was kind of refreshing in a way I wasn't expecting, but also underwhelming in a way because I was like ready to be like, all right, here's why this is fucked, you know. And I kind of was kind of like, here's why this was fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. I mean, Kevin Bacon assaulting my eyeballs aside. <laughs> I feel like I got the 3D version of the movie. Like, <laughs> you feel like he was, was coming out. Like I feel like it's like that part in in Nightmare on Elm Street where like he's pressing out of the wall. That was like happening with his bulge <laughs> on my TV screen. <laughs> so maybe that was the um like the porn influence is just that the like those pants got passed. Yeah, yeah. The final edit. Those look like they were like definitely from a porn set should the image for this episode just be a close-up of his bulge <laughs> of course <laughs> it should be in the collage for sure okay okay good, good, good. <laughs> that aside the one true standout excellent part of this movie is mrs motherfucking Voorhees. yeah <laughs> uh-huh. you know that people were pissed that she was in this movie because they loved her and they didn't want her to be in a horror movie so people like wrote letters and stuff about that is lame because yeah. she is amazing. I know. Well, she Betsy actually Paul- only, she actually only took it because her car broke down, and so she needed she needed money, and it was it was two days worth of work. So she was like, "All right, fine, I'll go do that. Get my car, get a new <clears> car, and be on my merry way." Well, she figured she was going to do mm-hmm. you know some stupid little drive-in movie. Didn't expect it to be such a cultural phenomenon. But on the flip right. side of that, apparently she was really super cool with the fans and everything, and just. Like Good. was just like really grateful and gracious for the note so for awesome. you know the, the the fame that she got from it. Well, God bless planned obsolescence because Betsy Palmer crushes in this movie. Yeah. She gobbles up all the scenery. As soon as she comes on the screen, the movie goes from being like so so to like oh this is compelling watching. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that like she shows up so late in the movie kind of. It elevates the memory of this movie because your last impression of the movie yeah, is basically that's true. is is Mrs. Voorhees and then the like jump scare in the canoe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like it well, ends really solidly, whereas before that it's kind of okay. Well, it goes um, from being kind of a half-assed giallo because like you know I mean mm-hmm. you have like the hand shots of, of the killers and stuff, but you never actually see who the killer is you see everything from like their point of view and like their hands doing it once betsy palmer was like revealed she just full-on channels joan and straight jacket and you're just like yes yeah yeah i'm i was super into it and her like mommy kill them i'm like yes more of this <laughs> all of this i kind of wish they brought her back instead of chase <laughs> i want an alternate universe where like she's the one that's like gets struck by lightning in the lake and like rises out see i haven't even seen that movie and i know that's how one of them starts <laughs> take that fanboys. <laughs> Uh, so overall, yeah, this movie was totally fine for what it was. Um, I totally see why people who grew up uh, watching it loved it or who saw it at the time when it hadn't been like such well-worn path, you know, like it probably was really exciting. Um, watching it now as an adult and kind of having it be sort of tame, there isn't really enough for me to dig into to really be like, yes, this movie is essential watching, um, except for the the Mrs. Voorhees scenes, which are definitely essential watching. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon. It, it was fine. It was fine. Are you glad you've seen it, though? Yeah! I mean, yeah, and I think if I'd seen it when I was young, I would have been, like, super into it. 
Um, yeah, I saw it for the first time when I was 11. And then it, you know, it and Halloween were always played at like slumber parties. So I definitely right. have a soft spot. Plus, I got to see it yeah. without knowing what the ending was going to be. Right. Um, that I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. And so yeah. I still enjoy watching it. Like I rewatched it and still had a lot of fun with it. But Good. that's probably I'm, nostalgia is influencing that, you know. Listen, I'm not mad at it. if people love it. That's fine. Yeah, I don't. I just for me, I'm just kind of like, am I ashamed I've never seen it? Not really. <laughs> I know I should be, but I'm just really not. I think if you're a completist, you know, it belongs on your list because you know it originated a lot of tropes in slashers. Like it was kind of fun seeing the origin of the Harbinger. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I was like, oh, I understand that joke a little more. But other than that, I don't. I don't know that it really changed my my horror fan mm-hmm. watching i've seen it yeah the world shall turn trump is still president like you know like <laughs> we all go on <laughs> so i rewatched it by renting it on amazon and yeah. you know how when you pause it there's like trivia and stuff on there oh no that's cool oh okay yeah, yeah it like, yeah. tells you oh who's yeah in the amazon uh, x-ray but that little amazon x-ray thing is really yeah it it's good super trivia cool and so yeah. it said that um, Tom Savini and like some of the cast and crew all stayed at the camp while they were mm. filming the movie. Um, but I guess they got like really bored at night after the sun went down and all they had was Tom Savini's Betamax player that he brought and two movies, which were like Marathon Man and Barbarella. And they just watched Whoa. them like over and over and <laughs> over Whoa, again. Whoa, grim. Yeah. Whoa. All right, cool. Okay, so shame holes, ladies. Overall, do you feel a little less shamed? Yes. Yeah. I don't know that I felt a lot of shame in the first place, but, <laughs> yeah. sure, but I feel I feel better informed. Okay, fair. I'll go there with you. I don't feel I never felt any shame. Still don't feel any shame, but I do feel better informed. Sarah, I. You know what? I had seen all of the good parts of Suspiria and like every one of those. You know. 100 movies, you know, scariest movies, 100 movies you must mm. see before you die documentaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the rest of it was, the rest of it was just crap. Aww. <laughs> I rewatched it and I still Roasted. liked it. Roasted. <laughs> All right, cool. So any other thoughts before we move on? I don't think so. All right. It was a, it was a good exercise. Yeah. 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 Well, are we going to do another shame hole next January? Sure. Yeah, why not? Sure. Let's do it. Our yeah. annual shame hole. Yeah, I think get that's a, a great idea. We get it filled once a year. I guess I'm going to finish <laughs> Maniac. Then. Oh, damn! <laughs> I got to the Tom Savini part. That was, yeah, it was good. Okay. I don't know about the rest of it. <laughs> we, can do, we can also do, like, Maniac Maniac, because there's a remake with... Yeah. Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that a remake? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you seem so enthusiastic. Pre-exhausted. Well, you are your your turn is next. Are we doing a double a maniac double feature? I, probably not. <laughs> All right, cool. So I feel like we can call this success, and next year we will do it again. So. Um, if you enjoyed the show, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can get in touch with us lots of different ways. We'd love emails about, you know, like, what are your shame holes? Did you get into the spirit of the shame hole and fill one of your own? If so, let us know. Uh, or if there's a shame hole you heard us mention in the past that you were horrified and you think we need to fill in, you can, or just whatever you have to say, you can send us an email at rachelzombiegirls.com. Um, or you can hit us up on the Facebook. We are active on the Facebook. We've been much better about it lately, and we we are always lurking. Even if we're not posting, we're always lurking. Mm-hmm. So definitely get in touch with us there. Um, we did get a little feedback this week. Excellent. Uh, this one comes from our friend Emily. And um, 
I actually, this is a great email. Uh, I got it last night and I had to like respond and be like, are you cool with me sharing this? Because it's like a pretty, like this person's like sharing some personal details, which I think is brave and awesome. And uh, yeah, so here it goes. So this comes from Emily. Uh, She just says, I just wanted to say that I appreciate you standing up for Gabriel Byrne's character in Hereditary. As someone who suffers from mental illness, never hallucinations, thank God, but some really out of control, dangerous panic attacks and, and catatonic depression, etc. My husband has been one of my biggest advocates and has helped me to get to a place where I have finally found the right treatment and I am thriving. He never holds it against me ever, but I know it's hard on him. Hereditary drew out one of my most buried fears and for reasons I'm really hesitant and the reason I'm really hesitant to have kids where my husband would be uh, put in a situation of having those of having to choose the kids over me and protect them for me if I became ill again mm. and somehow put them in danger. Just another way that incredible fantastic film ruined two, my life for two months. <laughs> anyway, I've been listening since 2012 and I'm really glad to see more episodes from you all again. If you ever want to grab a beer when you're in Portland, come time, hit oh. me up. Ariel, I yeah. think that's for you, mama. <laughs> So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I think I'd have to rewatch Hereditary to be sure. Because didn't um, we talk about, like, they kind of excised some of that relationship between, uh, yeah. between the husband and the, and the wife? Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, remember, I remember not feeling like he had very much to do. But um, when we were talking about it on the um, end of year show, thinking, oh, maybe I missed something about his behavior then. So, I want to go back and watch it again to mm-hmm. be sure. And part That's of what re- they excise is the, the backstory, I guess, which is mm-hmm. that he was her... So he was her therapist, which, yeah. which is, yeah. I, I have to just professionally give a big thumbs down right. to that right. proceeding it, it into just... a romantic relationship. But I do yeah. really appreciate in this letter that she's talking about like the impact on partners and the impact on family members being, um, being real. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Cause um, I just seem to remember it was, it, um, he seemed to just be disbelieving her and kind of exasperated at her, but maybe there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's something underlying that that, that I've missed that I'd like to see again. Yeah. Earlier in the show, I was talking about how, like, um, when we were talking about Bird Box, how, like, I have, like, one very particular view of the ending of the movie, but because I don't have personal contact. Whereas I feel like the reason I have such warm feelings about Gabriel, or, like, not warm Uh feelings, that's an exaggeration, such empathy for the Gabriel Byrne character and, like, feel like I'm picking up a lot of nuance there is having, like, personal contact with someone with a mental illness and like seeing the dynamic that that can create with a spouse and like how there is I don't want to say anything like I don't want anybody to feel offended by what I'm saying like but I'm because I'm strictly speaking for personal experience and like kind of when one partner is in crisis the other partner like has to like sort of the impact it has on the other partner and like the the way that somehow some ways that that shows up with sort of just like having to sublimate their own feelings and have sort of like a quiet strength and be in a support role, even in situations where like it has an impact on them. Yeah. Like I felt a lot of that in the Gabriel Byrne role Mm -hmm. and like, yes, there is some of that like a husband not believing the situation, but I, I, don't feel like it was just sort of cut and dry to that. Like there is a lot more nuance to that, but that I do think it can definitely be invisible if you don't have firsthand contact. Mm, Yeah. 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 Um, So 
I came away from that feeling like a lot, very differently. I totally, totally get why people feel the way they do about the Gabriel Byrne character. But for me, I was just kind of like, ooh, that director, I don't know his personal history, but I feel like he nailed something that I've never seen Mm. in another movie. And it's devastating. Yeah. And I feel like um, what this listener is saying is really true also, not just about the Gabriel Byrne character, but about... um, the way that that movie captures a fear of having parts of you that would come out yeah. mm-hmm. in a child rearing situation yes. that you're worried about, right? Like it makes me think about, um, you know, that old uh, lullaby about like uh, the rockabye baby mm-hmm. lullaby. Do you know that the history of that, that that's about um, like, that's a song that's so mothers can kind of like have their maternal aggression come out in a safe way because it's about a baby falling out of a tree. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's like, I hate this fucking kid and please go back to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) It it sounds sweet to the kid, but the mom gets to say some things about how frustrated she is while singing that lullaby. Yeah. Holy fuck. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, it's a fear that people of course have, right. I think, and it's, folks who have mental illness stuff, but also folks who don't have mental illness stuff have going on that, of course, there are going to be times that you're exasperated or that you're um, challenged in by somebody, a kid you love very much. Yes. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And also just, I just want to give it up to Emily for sharing the story. Yeah. 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 For sure. Very honest letter. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad she got good treatment and is doing well. That's Mm -hmm. fucking half the battle, man. Yeah. So, and that she has such a good partner. That's awesome mm-hmm. that she found a good yeah, partner. Yeah, for sure. It's, fuck, it's hard to find a good partner no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you, Emily. Thank yeah, you thank so you for much the for letter. listening and the letter and, like, and for being on Team Gabriel Bernard's character with me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not alone. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so if you want to share some stories or, or if you have some thoughts on the Gabriel Bernard character or anything else, definitely get in touch with us. Hit us up on the Facebook or send me an email. I do check them. All right. So this week, because we were talking about so many other movies and recommendations, we decided to skip our ZGBG. And because I have full full disclosure i have like after the marathon of watching horror movies for our end year of i took a little break and i don't think Mm -hmm. anybody wants my netflix picks that are like you know period dramas about (laughs) sassy ladies finding love in in, you know the drawing room so i go ahead and (laughs) skip the net pick or the streaming pick for this episode but i will definitely have one for next one all right anything else before we wrap up no, I think we're good. Any other like uh, things we want to plug? Again, hit that VOD page. It's all happening and popping there on the Zombie yeah. mm-hmm. website. My only other delightful horror-related thing that happened to me recently is I went to, um, I hung out with a kid that's in my life who's nine and who has oh, recently become so that. excited about horror in a way that I didn't know. When she was younger, she um, she really loved Halloween uh, because and she couldn't say spooky, but she thought that everything was booski. Oh, <laughs> um, I can't take it. So if it's something's upsetting, it's very booski. Uh, so, but she's always been drawn to that kind of side of things. And so, uh, when we hung out recently, it was her and a group of adults, and she was just grilling us about plot synopses of our favorite horror movies. What's the scariest mm-hmm. movies you've ever, you've ever seen? Tell me everything about that. 
tell me a special, I'm especially interested in movies about um, little girls who kill people. <laughs> and, uh, and creep and creepy dolls. Wow. Those are her two Ooh. most interesting. Immediately everyone that I thought of is not appropriate for her. Right, exactly. Ugh. But she likes that she had the plot. Somebody had told her the plot of Hereditary. So she um, she said, I know there's a movie that came out this year that's really scary. That scared my dad. That had um, a girl who hangs her head out of a car window and there's bad peanut butter. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that is an age, that is an so age appropriate yeah. synopsis. Of yeah. 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 Well done, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so we talked about this for a while. Um, and then we had to go down to the basement to get something. And her mom tried to send her down to the basement and she was like, I'm going to need a sword. No. <laughs> because she, cause she like wanted all the horror stuff, but then we were like, oh, she's just freaked herself out. Yeah. That's the point, though. Yeah, but oh. that's the point. So, you yeah. did a good job. It was so fun to like hang out with and remember that feeling of like, I want I want all the scary stuff. Okay, now that was too much. That right. Was too much. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Little, yeah, it was very sweet. Oh, baby horror fan. Yeah. <laughs> Like it is cute. What, what also wasn't she saying something about like things being too male dominant? Yeah, we were talking about superheroes, and she's like, I don't know if I like Iron Man. Just seems really, just seems really male dominant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I and please, that. please don't tell my dad because he really likes Doctor Strange, but he's also pretty male dominant. Oh, <laughs> really oh my god! Yeah. All right. Until next time. Uh, do we when? Matilda selects. Any idea what our next time is going to be? I don't know. It might be. We might go down Aronofsky Avenue. Ooh. Oh yeah. Another waiting for that. So. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe. All right. Mm-hmm. Get ready to go through something. Okay. Oh <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for another amazing show and for sharing your shame and your love of horror with me. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Uh, Mat- or Jody, you're still with us. Take us out, girl. <laughs> Damn, don't I got away with it. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Thank you for helping us uh, clear off some New Year's resolutions. Um, looking forward to a good 2019. Uh, see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, cool. So on that note, <laughs> shall we talk about shame? I need shame. to go to the bathroom really quick. I do All right, we'll pee right break back. and then shame. And then maybe okay. shame during your pee break. I don't know what happens in there. Matilda, the look on your (laughs) Okay, so when Jody gets back, we need to find out about the boy. Yes, we we do. We need details about this ginger boy. Uh huh. (laughs) I want to know what he does for a living, what his intentions are, what. I know. What's his pedigree? (laughs) What his intentions are. Like to talk to his parents. How big is it? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't really want to know. Just kidding. I would yeah. much rather pet alpacas than yeah, yeah. anal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be the, uh, the euphemism going forward. Like, hey, do you want okay, to that clip on its own <laughs> needs to just be an outtake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saying, I'm no context is I would rather pet alpacas than have anal. <laughs> I mean, That's I would. T-shirt I, slogan. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> facts are facts. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's true.